Welcome to Paddy Talks, brought to you thanks to Seed Golf Balls, who deliver you affordable tour performance, same performance, half the price. Check them out at www.seedgolf.com and try them today. Thank you for pressing play. On today's show, we have a greenskeeper doing it his own way in the most hiddenest of gems in the country, Mr. Sam Leach. But first, as Gabe Byrne would say, roll it there, Roisin. I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Well, Joe Bradley, what do you think of that? Sonia Donovan is the left cornerback. He hits it. He hits it. And over the bar. Oh, holy Moses. It's all on this. Round and out finish. Here it comes. Oh, wow. In your life have you seen anything like that? Thanks for pressing play, folks. For today's show, we are here in Castle Gregory Golf Links, a nine-hole course which roots its way in possibly the most natural layout I've ever played, nestled between the scenic Loch Gill and Brandon Bay, a true hidden gem, and one I visited and played on numerous occasions. With me today, I have Greenkeeper, who keeps this place um, in tip-top shape. Uh, Sam Leach, welcome to the show. Hi, Patrick. Castle Gregory is the home to the Natterjack Toad. Can you tell me more on that? That's right, it's a, it's a rare species of toad. I think they're found in Spain and they're found in parts of Kerry. And we have them here in Castle Gregory and they're flourishing strongly and they're also to be found at Duke's Golf Club and some place down in Waterville as well. So in terms of work on the course, is there something you can and can't do with them around or you're restricted in any way in terms of their habitat or anything like that? Yeah, we they don't really cause us any trouble. Um, we don't cause them any trouble, but we do lean strongly towards doing everything as environmentally friendly as, as we can, probably more than any other place that I know of. They come out at night, they're nocturnal. They okay. cause a great uh, noise. You think it's like being in down the Zambezi River or something like that. Okay, I must cut out here post, post-sunset. Come out here for a sunset in Castle Gregory and listen to the... Twilight toast. golf, yeah. Twilight golf. Um, before we get into the links itself and the history of the course, why did you yourself choose greenkeeping? Did I choose greenkeeping? I did, I suppose. I was pushed that way. I stumbled across it, I guess. Okay. Um, I grew up on a farm in Wexford, that's southeast of Ireland, and um, was farming with my dad, and every summer was spent on the farm. And uh, we played a bit of golf in the evenings. And when I was doing my leaving cert, finishing up in school, he just said to me, what are you going to do? And I thought, well, obviously I'm going to farm, I want to farm, that's what I love doing. And he goes, well, you're going to have to go away and do something else for 10 years because I'm not ready to retire yet. Right. And uh, I took a ag, I took the agricultural certificate. Very good. I booked myself, a, I got into Greenkeeping College, deferred that for a year, and then went off and did my ag cert, and then went off to Greenkeeping College. So Greenkeeping College... Is there many out there? Is there one in Ireland? Is it Scotland you have to go to? What's the story? There are a number of greenkeeping colleges in Ireland. It's a long time now since I was there. So uh, I think uh, in Kildalton for sure there's one and there's one in Cork. I'm not totally familiar with the colleges in Ireland, but I went to college in England. Okay. Along with a bunch of other guys. I guess we all went at the time because in the 90s there was free fees. Okay. So... (laughs) So we just Good encouragement then. jumped on the stena and went across. And that was uh, Reese Heath College. So given that Leaving Certs are picking their courses by the time this goes out, so it'll be 
they would be picking their courses last week, kind of second choice now. So if you didn't get medicine, you still have time to pick greenkeeping. But that course in Reese Heath, what knowledge did that course bestow on you? Well, first of all, it was quite interesting. I'd, I'd done ag science, I'd done uh, certificate in agriculture, and uh, I got to Greenkeeping College, and one of the first things I learned was there was more than one type of grass. And that was a bit mind-blowing because from playing golf, I just thought, you know, the grass is just grass and it's just cut short. <laughs> the putting green is short grass and the approach is a little bit longer and the fairways and the rough is not cut. Okay. So really, yeah, I started, um, I started picking up all, all the sciences uh, tied into it. We did, uh, it was a golf course management uh, course at the time. So we were trained to, uh, to finance uh, we did soils, we did machinery, we did all different aspects to prepare us to run a golf course from top to bottom. And that was the thinking at the time when they designed the course. And um, what happened was, I guess at the time when we came out into the industry, then most of us ended up as greenkeepers. So I think there was 28 or 30 of us in the, in the year. And, uh, and yeah, we all ended up in greenkeeping because golf clubs weren't ready for club managers Back and in the that was in 1999, 2000 ish. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, f- part of that course, you spent some time working on some of the most famous golf courses on the planet internships in Glen Eagles and Marion in the States. What were those experiences like? Oh, they were great. Yeah, they, they really opened up the eyes, you know. Um, the Glen Eagles one was a scholarship program, um, which at the time, a lot of people passed through it. We got a great experience. Uh, there was a mentor of ours, Jimmy Kidd, um, famous guy who uh, ran the turf program in Glen Eagles at the time. And he organized a program that we could work on the course uh, to get our experience, uh, use it as part of our sandwich year in college. And also we got uh, at least, we got, we got one lecture every month from, every week from, uh, from from industry experts on all different things so uh it was brilliant yeah and then marion marion held the open marion hadn't held an open since 81 i think when i was there um it was the famous old course that they said was too small for an open yeah and uh i went there in 99 and it was it blew me away i mean i had I had done, I've always had an interest in architecture and I knew about Marion before I went and that was part of the reason why I went there. Um, but they just uh, regrassed their greens with bent grass and they were just on this level of maintenance that we wouldn't have seen in the British Isles at all. Um, obviously the architecture was class. The um, Philadelphia School of Architecture is really interested in all the, all the characters that were involved back then. So uh, Marion was a great experience. And then I hadn't anything organized for the second half of my internship, but having been at Marion and, and the contacts he built, um, I managed to get to Pebble Beach for the second part of my internship. Right. So going from the frying pan into the fire. Yeah, East Coast into West Coast. And then I was tied up with the US Open because that was leading into the year they just finished the US Amateur in 99 and, and it was the lead into the 2000 Open the famous Open the Tiger one yeah. yeah the Centenary Open correct yeah. yeah 
So you you were part of the preparation of the course for 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 Tiger. We were there for that, yeah. That's phenomenal. So when you qualified then, um, and this is to all taken from LinkedIn, right? So great to know that you have it all up to date. Um, <laughs> there's a stint in taking care of the low course in Killarney. Then a couple of stints with Sol Golf, which involved, and we'll go into this in a bit if you want, involved um, kind of finishing off or getting a course ready um, to completion in Belgium in Naxhalet. Is that how you pronounce it? Naxhalet, yeah. Naxhalet. Then with the Great Turf Company, who specialise in biological solutions for turf management, so massively into soils there. And then back to Sal and the Isle of Jura this time. And then you also um, run your own business. So from Killarney to Belgium, to biological turf, to the Isle of Jura, to Castle Gregory. That's some journey. And all involving green keeping and course architecture. But the stint in Belgium interested you the most because it's the Martin Hartree design. So can you give me some insight into that role you had there in Naxalay. Okay, well, yeah, the the journey that I took is kind of, you know, here and there and and, and uh, picking my way through different bits and pieces. But the interesting part of that is um, when I was, when I chose Greenkeeping back at the time when I was doing transition year in school, um, I just picked up a, a magazine and I was always mad interested in sports as we all did back then, all the sport was on terrestrial TV. So you'd be watching, the, you, your calendar year was the Grand National, you know, the tennis. And and we all played the sports that we were watching on TV, the yeah. FA Cup final. So I was always interested in how these, um, how these facilities were, how Wembley was looked after. And I found this magazine and it, it was a groundsman's magazine. I was like, oh, you can actually go into that as a career. So... From the start, I was always interested in sports. I was always interested in all sports. And when I went to Greenkeeping College, I quickly realized that it was sports surfaces I was into, not just golf, not just greenkeeping. Okay. So, yeah, I set up my own business after I got home from um, from uh, America and uh, building sports surfaces and got into, at the time, there was a, an explosion in um, artificial sports surfaces. Yes. So I expanded into that and then... I uh, got busy with that and then when things got difficult in Ireland then it was back around to my roots back to greenkeeping again and then the move towards um great turf company and the natural methodology of growing turf without using chemicals okay and the one that you asked me about the Naxley job I picked I got that project as a as a contract I got that project because they were building a golf Martin Hawtrey designed a golf course on an organic farm in Belgium. And Mr. and Mrs. Jolly, who owned the golf, owned the farm, they wanted to run their golf course um, as kindly to the environment as possible. Okay. So we went at it and did it organically, no chemicals, and grew it in to the point of handover when it was grassed and ready for, it, just short of ready for play, but it was, um, and it's been organic ever since. So the guy who took over from me, uh, Fred, really good guy good friend of mine he's still there and he runs it exactly the same way so running something organically so how different is that or difficult is that compared to running the mill standard uh, green keeping that would go on in Ireland or, or the great British Isles well the interesting thing is uh, links maintenance 
is very close to being organic or very natural in the way it's um, carried out. When you get into growing grass in more difficult environments, then you do rely more on um, on chemical, on cultural, on all the other aspects of maintaining turf grass. Being able to maintain it organically, you know, there are some um, some steps you got to take that you know maybe the exceptional um, course conditioning that you see on the PGA Tour and uh, in the states, we're at a slightly lower level than that when it comes to organic you know so you're seeing more there's less sprays involved so you're seeing more wildflowers in roughs um you're seeing more color um it's not all about density and and uh ball presentation so out here in castle gregory it works very well because it's a natural links when you come to play it's it's not uh conditioned to you know 100 percent uh top class condition because we're working on low budgets low inputs and it's very natural and you f you play your ball in the lie that you find very traditional links which touches the game you know played as a lice you know what i mean played as a lice yeah um because i personally i play two types of golf i play ultimate natural links golf um places like here castle gregory critch up in Donegal, and then the other half is I'll only play it if it's manicured within an inch of his life. So, <laughs> you know, kind of going from a vegetarian to an absolute meat eater. But the work involved to keep a course in top condition organically is very interesting in terms of the amount of dedication that requires from both a greenkeeping team and membership and, and club itself. It's, you know, you all have to be one, all bought in for the same Correct, yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how does that work here? Well, the... The people here, I mean, this is a local golf course, you know, it was um, designed and built by local people. They understand the nature of the dunes. Um, so people have an affinity for the wildflowers. They have an affinity for the natterjack. They have an affinity for um, the herons and all the other wildlife that we have around the place. Um, it's a golf and fishing club. We've got Loch Gill. There's fly fishing for trout on Loch Gill right alongside the first all the way down the first hole and behind the second tee, that's all fly fishing. So the local people, they do have an affinity for doing things with, you know, in, with, in a sensitive way. So um, the buy-in was easy, you know, it, it fits. And that brings us around nicely to where Category was founded. So even if you go to the Category website, you can find loads of great stories about the foundations of the club. And there's a, a rumour a rumor of that Castle Gregory was the first course in Kerry uh, from a publication back in 1897, I believe. Um, and that Kerry was kind of built around the golf course, right? But Castle Gregory knew, as we call it, um, or we'll call it in this, in this show, was formed by committee in 1987. So a good year. I was born in 1987. Under the chairmanship of a Dr. Tony Sills. And work commenced on the course in 1989. Designed by local architect, and it's a famous surname in Kerry, Spring, Dr. Arthur Spring, RIP, mm -hmm. Godrest in 2015. People might know might know him, but they'll know he's the dad of former Kerry Labour TD, Arthur J, and he's the brother of Labour leader and former Tony Dick Spring, so a great family name. And in my opinion, personal opinion, um, put laid down a superb layout here. Um, but how would you describe the design Dr. Arthur put into place here in Castle Gregory? 
Well, funnily enough, I never met Dr. Arthur Spring, but I played golf with his son, uh, Graham. Graham came out to Pebble Beach and we played around on Pebble Beach, which is one of the one of the highlights of my golfing career. Very good. Um, never met Dr. Arthur, but I was uh, friendly with um, Michael John O'Shea, who was his uh, right-hand man on the course with the grow-in and uh, greenkeeping on that. You've probably played more of Dr. Arthur's courses than I have, but his design philosophy here was, um, you know, to, to use the natural contours. I mean, on the site we have, you know, it's, it's, it's not the most difficult place to come up with really entertaining golf holes. Um, but his, one of his uh, things that I understood, you know, most of the greens here are sloped back to front. Um, doesn't always look like that, but when you understand it, you'll, you'll see it. But he always wanted uh, the, the approach shot. You know, he wanted you to see what you were hitting into. So uh, that's one of the unique things that you don't get with other, other architects. You know, not everybody would agree with it, but it's just something of interest to see when you come and play here. No, definitely. Like McKenzie liked the height stuff, mm-hmm. you know, from the yeah. tee and yeah. from into the green. Camouflage. Camouflage. But I do love, there's actually a couple of blind holes at the back. Um, the, the names are going to be, there's a couple of blind tee shots that are, that are brilliant. Like you said, once you, get, once you get the lay of the land, you have that, you know what's in front of you after that. Um, but I love the story of how Castle Gravery came together as a course and that um, it's coming up to celebrate, I think it's a 30th anniversary. 30, yeah, this year. Um, so in or 1989, Martin Rice took over as chairman of the committee and resulting from that, and it's a brilliant story, resulting from that set of general meetings, it was agreed to seek out 75 founder members who contributed 600 Irish pounds to the project and that was the start of the club which I think is fantastic for yeah. the full list is actually here it's on a plaque in the clubhouse so if you're coming down to Cats Gregory check it out but I remember I lived in Tree for a few years and in 2011-12 there was um, the hurlers imagine Harlan and Kerry uh, came out and played in a, t- in a team <laughs> event uh, yeah, and it was meant to be one day it was meant to be the Friday and it was so busy and because of the cause it, I think it went up to four days and that cause was to raise funds to build this clubhouse we're in now. And I think that story describes Castle Gregory very well in terms of it's very much built by the people, for the people, for the club, the community. And I've read a few reviews of the course and one that stood out was it's a fabulous nine-hole course, incredible views and a sense of peace. So mm. how would you describe the vibe or, or the kind of the atmosphere here? Well, it's not always peaceful. <laughs> if you come here in January, it's hard to stand up sometimes. Yeah. You'll but, walk uh, backwards down the first. Yeah. Um, we're perched on the side of the Atlantic. Um, it's awesome. You know, the Wild Atlantic Way is a big um, part of uh, tourism around here. Um, it's, it, it's, it blows you away at times, you know. It's headspace. You've, you don't, uh, whatever you've got going on when you come out here and you, and you tee it up and get out on the, on the turf, um, and start to work out how to how to make a score out here you, you just lose whatever you, whatever's whatever's bothering you it's gone so um peace and tranquility absolutely you know down by the lake fly fishing going on natterjack singing in the evenings it's it's got everything you know there's there's you could come here for a week and every day is going to be different so 
it's a great spot to come. In terms of the club itself, it would originate with those 75 members and now it's approaching up around 300, I think. Um, the course itself is a par 68. It's a testing par 68, if you ask me, yeah. once you cover two loops. But it's amazing value. Like Junior students can get nine holes for a tenner. Yeah. Are there plans for further development, membership types here at Castle Gregory? Or? Well, I'm here, Just I'm just coming on two years here. And Cass Gregory, and I don't know the the ins and outs of a third year history that that we have here, but um, you know it saw it saw all sides of it from the golf boom to the the heights of Celtic Tiger and the drop off afterwards, and now the, the you know the the slowdown in participation in golf. So there were plans for expansion. Um, they were shelved. Uh, there was for a long time the course was operated out it started off operated out of a caravan then it was operated out of um, port cabins so the club the club did really well um, and you know eventually they plumbed for establishing the clubhouse so now we have this fine clubhouse was built you know when nothing was being built in Ireland Casgregor built a clubhouse and we've super nine holes and nine holes is making a revival you know now this is a real test of golf but for me i just can't believe the price it's one of the best views in ireland for anyone that visits kerry or for anyone that needs an excuse to get to this side of ireland for a sport a club membership that you can get so much out of there's access to a golf not just to a golf course but you're part of a club you're part of a community so but you were telling me before we press record that Unlike courses up in Dublin, so like you went on a reunion trip for yeah. college and you were trying yeah. to play golf the weekend, it's just too busy to get on Couldn't a Couldn't get out trip. on a Saturday morning, yeah. Yeah, but down here it's very much different. So like for the likes of me who comes to carry a good bit, um, there's overseas slash remote membership. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Well, here's great. I mean, here's like, you know, it's like stepping back in time a little bit because you can, you can drive in, you can tee it up and... Uh, it's Within sweet. 20 yards of the car park, I might add yeah, as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. And uh, there's no hanging around. You don't need to book on a timesheet unless there's a competition on. So if you ring in advance, you're generally told just turn up and play, which is great. No, it's class. Um, like I was looking through like the different memberships, and I think for anyone who's looking to, who's maybe got a bank of lessons as a present, or for ladies or for juniors to even get into the game, you know, everyone thinks, oh, golf, it's too expensive. Um, but it's not like you can get an introductory first year member here as an adult 250 euros junior membership right up to when you finish full time education is just over 100 euro that's a couple of nights out for most more t- yeah. 18 year olds um, so but what I really love as well is there's great work done here with both junior golf but in particular the game on awesome golf programs so my son has awesome so I'm very bought into it but that requires buying from a very open minded modern thinking membership and club so how would you describe the attitude of a club here towards junior golf to grow in the game and programs like Game On for Austin? Yeah, it's it's fantastic. The people who are involved, and it comes down to people. The people who are involved, they just uh, take up a certain aspect of uh, course of of the club, and they run with it. And the energy that's put into stuff like uh, Game On Autism for Ireland, um, that's just 
incredible. I mean, they've won national awards uh, for what they've done. Um, Adele and Mike, and I'm sure there's many more people involved as well. But, uh, you know, they get they get involved. They, um, they get support from everybody because, again, everybody knows everybody in here. It's a community. Um, and it's always been a community right from the start. So uh, there's always encouragement. There's always, you know, if, if you need a hand, we give you a hand, whatever. And uh, that's that's the secret to a place like this in a small community is the golf is the centre of the community. No, definitely. And Adele is coming on the show in a couple of weeks. So um, we'll learn a bit more about Game on Autism. They're running a seminar uh, to get certified in, in, in running the project yourself, the 4th of September at Carton House. Just check out my social feeds to, to sign up on links there. I think it's 50 euro for a full day. To get certified greenkeeping something a lot of us golfers take for granted and i did for years playing on the hinge i just took it for granted that all courses are tip top so championship, <laughs> championship level courses but there's trojan work goes in each and every day to get courses and clubs around the country and the world in the best condition that the teams can so what are the key challenges you face day to day or week to week around around castle gregory yeah the the amazing thing about greenkeeping and having seen it from all different sites, different different countries, different uh, different courses, every golf course that you ever play on has got a unique set of characteristics and a unique set of challenges, and the greenkeepers that are involved there, um, they are dealing with the issues pertaining to their golf course in the way that they like to do it. Uh, the way they want to do it and they're providing um, a facility to play on and enjoy and a lot of people don't you know you don't need to know what goes on um, the golfers there's more and more information coming from greenkeepers but the beauty of it is you know the greenkeepers are the hidden the hidden resource um, and they make it they make golf worthwhile to, to the people who play golf so what I remember I did engineer as a degree many moons ago and in engineering in an ideal world you put in place a preventative maintenance schedule that catered for everything because something went wrong it was almost already fixed right so rather than like a reactive schedule where you spend all your time running around fixing things and putting yeah. on fires and nothing is really advanced so what's your approach to to working on the links here the approach for here again it it's different to some of the other jobs, uh, some of the other projects I've been on. Um, the approach here is uh, to work with nature rather than against nature. And I mean, that, that sounds, it's easy to say and it, it happens everywhere, but realistically, we carry a very small crew. I mean, uh, there's two of us. Um, and the approach here is if there's 15 jobs to be done in a day you've got to prioritize which is most important and you're you're definitely being proactive because when you see what weather comes you want to make best use so if the wind is coming you're you're using the wind if if there's rain coming you're going to use the rain so so if there's wind coming i'm assuming you don't do any bunker work or sand goes everywhere or is it the opposite streaming is great in a windy day okay <laughs> you don't have to clean up <laughs> just go right Everyone hears about marquee courses in Ireland. So even my, my work colleagues, when they're visiting Kerry, they're picking the Ballybunions, the Waterville's, 
Dukes is coming up in people's estimations. You know, the Natter Deck, Toad Country. But they all get massive footfall. And like we said, it's tough to get out on the weekends unless you really know someone high up the high up the ranks, which isn't me, folks, for a hinge. Um, but there's a massive maintenance teams keeping those in the high standards that they're kept in. Um, and a lot of Euros as well. Mm-hmm. So to give people an idea of Castle Gregory, so it's organic, it's very natural. But what's the traffic like on the course here? Our traffic would be light compared to the other Lynx courses. I mean, the ones you're referring to would be considered to be some of the best golf courses in the world. Yeah. Um, top 100, top 50, top 10 in the world. Um, and when you've got a world-class golf course, you want a world-class golf product. And the markets that um, those courses are dealing with, they demand really high levels of uh, presentation. And the resources are there to do that. So it all ties in really well, and we're lucky to have so many of them on this island. Um, for us down here, uh, it's slightly different. I mean, we've got every um, aspect of Lynx land that all the great courses in the southwest or, you know, all the high dunes Lynx courses have. We've got all that. Our footfall is not as high, obviously. And then our resources aren't as much. And our golf experience is different because it's all about the wildness, the rawness, the um, the golf that you would have played as a kid, the golf you would have played 30 years ago, the links that you would see if you watch some of the old footage from the British Open in the 70s and 80s. And that's really what we've got here. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. You won't find it in too many places. No, I kind of describe it as an enjoyable test. Yeah, so like you can go out like a 10 year old and still test your handicap. It's physical and mental too, because I mean, when you get a bad lie and sometimes you'll see it on TV when they get a bad low, when you get a bad lie, the pros figure out a solution or a way to get out of it. Um, but for for many people, they're they're not expect they don't want to get a bad lie they're not expecting bad lie and they they get a bit miffed when they do get a bad lie but that's part of the of the challenge of golf and um and you know you got to decide how to play the shot and then you got to execute the shot and you got to um go and walk after it again so if you got if it lands on bigfoot's foot you got to play it off bigfoot's foot basically <laughs> one one question i had last year summer of 2018 the best summer since 97 for clear people maybe 2013 as well um, but it was a tough year I would expect from a green key course management point of view every course burnt brown but running fast and hard I had a few American friends who would have seen I think the open on TV going oh my god that course yeah. is terrible because it's brown but what challenges did you have to overcome here in Castle Gregory with that unreal and kind of unnatural heat yeah it was a last year was a rare one for us I mean People talked about the, they compared it to 76, which is before your time. <laughs> a little bit. It was, that was a hell of a year, a hell of a summer um, with a proper drought and, and long periods of heat. So um, we had that here and, you know, we, we were found out in some ways because uh, our irrigation system hadn't been updated since, it, ha- it hadn't been updated since 2013, which is not that long ago. 
but it hadn't been tested in drought conditions either so um so basically we got to a point where uh, we couldn't rely on the system so we just we just let the place we just let the place brown out and what we had was um fantastic golden colors um a really firm running golf course uh the greens here actually we we didn't keep watering the greens either so they became firm they lost their color and we for two months we had just the greatest fun ever playing ground golf which is what people played years ago when they didn't have all the the um, irrigation that you'd normally have so we played ground golf for two two months and i guess the hardest part about the whole thing was actually the comeback when it starts when you do get the rain and it starts to green up it doesn't green up evenly and it doesn't green up overnight. So we had another six weeks then of, you know, a funny looking color was mottled, a little, a little bit clumpy in the fairways. And um, that was the hardest part was the, was the recovery. Okay. Um, there is a golf course superintendents association of Ireland and they do link up the CGI, uh, the Confederation of Golf in Ireland in a, in like a best practice sharing um exercise and i went through the list of things of best practices um that greenkeepers are trying to share and it's almost endless there's climate change drainage issues pest and disease management legislative change there's 15 plus things on the bullet point list that's a whole lot of things to try and keep up to date on so where where do you go to to keep up to date on techniques or best practices the um, GCSAI has been very active on that in recent years. Um, they've got a, a great CPD, um, continu- or what is it called? It's continuous development, continuous personal development. So they have a CPD um, facility uh, done through their website. There's resources there um, tied in with American colleges. Um, but I mean, it's an it's the information age. I mean, the the update you can update every night if you want to. Um, and greenkeeping for the people who are at it a long time, it's really comes down to observation and the marriage of all the different sciences and a little bit of art thrown in. So um, you're all, you're always learning. Every day is a learning day. I noted from your Twitter feed that's at. Castle Gregory GK for anyone who's listening and wants to keep up to date with local local news and how the course is getting on that you keep uh, the greens here chem free so we've kind of covered that in terms of organic but what does that mean in terms of chem free does it mean there's zero chemicals it's 100% organic or is there some level that you do here that well the greens are 100% chemical free uh, which is unusual um, so no fungicides to spray against disease, um, no pesticides to spray against uh, grubs and insects, and uh, no herbicides to spray against weeds. Um, and you will find some weeds on the greens, but we ha- we handpick um, weeds. Um, ideally, the golf course could probably go 100% chemical free, but we're not quite there yet. We're fungicide free, we're pesticide free, and we do have to spray one application of herbicide every year for daisies. You know the story. Lynx course in Ireland. Uh, springtime comes. 
the daisies are the first things to grow before the grass starts growing. So um, the daisies get a spray once in the year and then we're good to go after that. Okay. Um, I know it also that you love a good quote. So before the quick for Q&A, I'd love for you to expand on a couple that you shared recently in terms of how you feel they relate to Castle Gregory here. So one was from Eric Iverson, who's from Renaissance Golf Design, and we both heard that on the Feed the Ball podcast. And that's simplicity and tranquility will always be extremely attractive to people who need more of that in their lives. Yeah, wasn't that good? That was that was deep. <laughs> yeah. Um, Eric is working in Donegal at the moment. Um, on the Doak design in um, Rossapena. Correct. But they're 18, right? I haven't met yeah. him, but my brother is up there um, because myself and my brother, we've got a, a sports contracting business and uh, Rob is up there installing irrigation. So For that course? In St. Patrick's, yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So uh, I had to listen to Eric's podcast and then when I came across that little nugget is just fantastic because, um, you know, the more complicated and complex our lives get the less peace and tranquility and um simplicity that we have so i guess you see the move of people from rural to urban you've got to balance that move to get back and get your feet on the grass get your get your head in the in the ocean breeze and uh and and golf courses are a good way to do that. I, I definitely agree. And I'm down in Kerry almost every weekend. And I'm in testament. I, that, that quote should go on my wall. It should nearly yeah. go on my gravestone when that time comes. And um, the second one is from Alison McKenzie, world-renowned um, golf architect. The fundamental of successful greenkeeping is the recognition of the fact that the finest golfing grasses flourish on poor soil. And more harm is done by over rather than under fertilizing. Yeah, now that's old school. That's vintage. That that's vintage. That's uh, that that wouldn't hold true uh, to the letter in this day and age. But the idea of what he's talking about does hold true. And he always talked about, you know, if you want to maintain the finest turf grasses, you know, you, you ask a farmer what to do, and you do the opposite. So the the idea So you're the farmer, right? Yeah, I've I've seen both sides and uh the interesting thing is, you know, that the the best golf turf is has controlled growth rather than um Poor. excessive growth. Yeah. And excessive growth can be controlled and um keeping steady growth and enough growth for recovery is really important. And the more traffic you have on the golf course the more uh, you do need to feed it. But there's no need to overfeed it if you want to have fine turf. Excellent. So every victim on the show is uh, accosted with the quickfire Q&A at the end, right? So we'll get straight into it. First thing that comes into the head. So what would your walk-on song be? Oh, do I, I don't have one, do I? I've, I guess anything from... Anything good from the Killers or the Foo Fighters or even the Coronas? That'll do me. So if it's windy, Foo Fighters, and if it's sunny, Coronas. Correct. <laughs> Gym or pizza? Oh, pizza. A hat, a visor, or a bucket hat? 
<laughs> I've been known to wear all of them. Uh, beanie out here. Happy Gilmore or Team Cup? Happy Gilmore. Guinness or Heineken? Guinness. Le Hinch or Port Marnock? Ouch. Now, Leinsterman living a monster. Monster. I, I still have to play Port Marnock. I haven't played it yet. Um, so, we'll pick Le Hinch. I think that's 8-1 to Le Hinch. Walk or cart? Walk. Win the Open or win the Masters? Win the Open. Would you rather drive it like Dustin Johnson or drive it like Zach Johnson? Gotta be Dustin. Instagram or Twitter? Twitter at the moment. Play or practice? Play. Thanks very much, Sam, for giving us some superb insight into life here in Castle Gregory, into life as a greenkeeper, and most of all, thanks very much for your time you've afforded me and coming on the show. Thanks, Potter. Been a pleasure. That was head greenskeeper at Castle Gregory Golf Links, Sam Leach. Thank you, Sam, for affording me such an amount of time of your busy day down there in Castle Gregory. What a great piece of insight he gave us on what is involved in maintaining a piece of links and what a links it is down there in Castle G. Do your best to get down there. It's a thoroughly refreshing piece of the country, whether for a good walk spoiled or to get a bit headspace in this busy world we live in today. This is the part of the show where generally it is for you, the listeners. But there's no question this week, but we do have a giveaway. There is a limited edition Seed Golf Paddy Cap uh, available. So actually their full range of caps and hats are now available on their website. Just head to the accessories product page. So what you have to do to enter? Give the show a share on whether it's Instagram stories or indeed on Twitter or post it yourself. Take a screenshot of wherever you're listening to this and post it far and wide. Tag me so I see it. Uh, tag a few friends and encourage them to do the same. Get an extra entry into the giveaway by leaving a review wherever you are listening to this show. I do have insight trackers, etc., so I should be able to see them. However, just to be sure, take a screenshot of that little review and DM it to me just to make sure you're in the draw. Thanks, folks, for getting involved. Thank you all for listening. Hit the show a follow, rate, and review it if that's your style. Most of all, please share the show with your family and friends. Thanks for pressing play. Until we tee up again soon. I'm Paddy.